All right. So have you ever noticed how much time people spend um, thinking about what's going to happen when they find Mr. or Mrs. Right? Right? Think about it just for a second. Think about when it comes to relationships. And, and for some of you guys, you've already started thinking about what the perfect other human to be with would be, right? You started thinking about what would they look like, right? Well, I hope they look like this. And I hope they, they dress like that. I hope they have this kind of job. And I hope they, um, they, they, they want to have five kids like me. Or I hope that they have... Um, they get along with my family. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. And I think that we focus so much on finding the right person because deep down inside, we think that finding the right person might somehow magically fix everything, right, when it comes to our life. If I can only find the right person, I'll be happier. If I can only find the right person, life will be less chaotic, and if I can only find the right person, I'll be less anxious. Last week, we, uh, we talked about not just finding the right person, but we talked about being the right person. Because I want you to hear me, all right? Finding the right person isn't going to suddenly change you for the better. It's not going to do it, okay? Finding the right person isn't going to change you for the better. And here's the issue, Okay? I know some of you guys, you're in middle school and you're not even thinking about dating yet, right? Some of you guys, you're in high school and it's all that you're thinking about, right? It's like, who do I, I go with next? But what if we shift that thought? What if we really try to take this God's way? Let me give you an example, okay? My favorite superhero of all time is going to show up on the screen now, Okay. I'm a Superman fan, okay? I'm original. I can do Superman comics. I can do Superman cartoons. I can do Superman movies. I don't care. Give me all the Superman stuff that I can have, right? Now, Superman, in his movies, in the comics, he does have somebody who he's in love with, right? Does anybody know her name? Lois Lane. Thank you, guys. Thank you for loving Superman like me, right? I absolutely love him. Now, Listen, Superman was Superman way before he met Lois Lane, right? Even though Lois Lane is who he wants to hang out when he's Clark Kent with, it does not change the fact when he's not with her, he's still Superman. He's still got those skills, right? He's still got the, the flying, the laser eyes. He's got all the amazingness that Superman has, and it's nothing to do with who he likes. It's nothing to do with who he loves, now, for some of you guys in the room, Jude, specifically you right now, okay? All right? I'm so sorry I just did this to you. This is awesome. I love this. All right? For some of y'all, superheroes isn't it. But there's another movie that came out earlier this past year that my wife wanted to see, and I had absolutely zero interest in. It finally came that we had a streaming device, and, 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 and it was just out there, and, and she was like, you know, chilling one night, I'm chilling, and she's like, do you mind if I watch this? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it, okay? Jude, like I said, I'm sorry. But for some of you guys, you don't land on superheroes, but you land on, yep, <laughs> the Barbie movie, right? I'm so sorry, bro. That's <laughs> so good. All right. That's why you don't talk during service. I'm just saying, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. But if I've learned anything by eavesdropping in when my wife was watching this movie, it's simply this. Barbie doesn't need Ken in her life to be Barbie, right? Barbie doesn't need Ken to, to be the amazing 
I don't even know how we say this. Like, is she a doll or is she a human? It doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter, okay? Here's the thing. Your life mission is bigger than who you're going to meet as a teenager. God is calling you to become the person he made you to be. And when you become that person, you'll be prepared to be in a relationship with someone who's also becoming who God created them to be. Man, I love teaching the Bible to you guys. And I love teaching you guys like some hidden truths that are in this scripture. But here's the thing. You're not going to find a lot about the 21st century dating in the Bible. Maybe it's because the parents were doing arranged marriages and your parents got to choose who you married and things like that. But that's just not it, right? Here's the real reason I think you're not going to see much in the Bible about finding the right person. It's because the Bible wants us to focus more on the importance of becoming the right person. It wants you to focus on being the right person. This week I was... um. Getting ready for bed with my daughters. I've got three daughters. I've got a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. And um, the five-year-old and the two-year-old, they, they share a bed now. Or they share a room that has bunk beds in it. They absolutely love it. And so at nighttime, we get them down. And, and I try to be a good dad. I try to do nightly devotions with them. And so it happens this week that, that it fell on one of the scriptures that I wanted to share with you guys. And I wanted to share this with you because I think here's the issue. I think culture has worked so much into our lives that we kind of forget what our treasure should be. Okay, so I'm sharing this with my kids. If, if you've got a Bible, Matthew chapter 13 is where we're going to camp out just for a minute here, okay? Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is, is talking and he says this in verse 44. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a hidden field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Here's the issue. I was a teenager. I understand how your brains work. You need to date someone, right? Like, like some of you guys, you've got this like inside of you. I've got to be dating someone. I've got to be in a relationship. I've got to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. I've got to find whatever my next relationship is. And here's the thing. The greatest treasure that you could ever have, I truly believe this, students, is if you were to really focus in on your relationship with God. If you were to really get to know what he wants you to do with your life. If you were really to get to know how he wants you to treat others. But here's what happens often. We get distracted by other people in our life. We get distracted by what the world tells us we should be doing. We get distracted and, and instead of looking for this hidden treasure, instead of going after the greatest thing that we could have, we start chasing after something that we shouldn't be messing with yet. We start lighting a flame that we're not ready for yet. If you're in 6th grade through 10th grade, hear me really well. Dating is not good for you right now. I love you. It's not good for you. All right? Even our 11th and 12th graders in here, sometimes it's not good for you, okay? God's got such a bigger picture for you. And sometimes what you're doing is you're getting so pulled into this relationship that you can't do anything without thinking about what they want. You're not getting married if you're in 6th to 10th grade. 
Don't waste your time in this right now. I'm just telling you. Okay, as somebody who's been down this road, okay, find the treasure that God is telling you to come after. Okay, off that. All right, sorry. I stepped on some toes. Some of you guys are mad at me. I apologize. But I want you to know what the Bible tells you. I want you to know what the Bible helps you understand you should be like before you start dating. Okay? So how we're going to do that. If we're really wanting to understand what do we need to look like if we're going to be a good, healthy relationship, if we want to be the right person for the person who's seeking you out, if you want to be Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, we need to look to the Bible to figure out what does that look like. I think we find a picture of this in Ephesians chapter number 4. Okay, turn in your Bibles there. Okay, Ephesians chapter number 4. Here we go. Picking up in verse 31, it says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Whew, there's a lot in this, okay? Let me give some of you guys a way out. If you do not identify as a Christian in the room tonight, what I'm going to talk about will help you be a better dater. But if you don't understand the love of Jesus and how much he truly loves you, you can't love other people this way. It just isn't inside of you yet. So I want to give you three points that we can take away, that we can chew on from this passage, okay, for the believers in the room right now, okay? The first one is simply this. Becoming the right person means leaving old attitudes and behaviors behind. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear that to become the very best version of ourselves, the version that you're created to be, students, there are some attitudes and behaviors that we have to stop. Look at them. They were on the screen right behind me just a second ago, okay? It said this. It said bitterness. It said rage. It said anger. It said harsh words. It said slander. And then he kept going and he said, guess what? Not just that. It says every other type of evil behavior. Here's the thing. I can remember when I was your age. I can remember what my heart was full of. My heart was full of anger. My heart was just full of just, I don't want to say evil, but man, it was just so messed up because of just how I grew up. And I didn't understand relationships the right way. And I'm trying to just help myself get it. And I'm just trying to find my happiness by finding my Mrs. Right. And it just wasn't fulfilling to me. You see, you got to become the right person if you want to have a healthy relationship to take this the right way. You've got to leave your old attitudes behind. Man, I told you guys on the uh, last week, man, I dated a lot of girls. As I told Levi, I had game, right? It worked out for me, right? But I was not good in those relationships because I brought in old habits. I brought in thoughts that all my friends who weren't Christians had told me about what relationships should look like, and I was struggling, right? Paul tells us we need to leave our old behaviors behind us. We need to clean this up, right? Look in verse 32. Look at what he says. 
Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ through our, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. He's not just telling us to get rid of the evil in our lives. He takes it a step further by telling us how to do it. The answer to replace our old attitudes and our, our bad, um, not even just behavior, but our bad, just um, everything inside of us is, is to change that with kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. And he's not saying this is going to be easy. He's saying it's necessary. If you want to become the person God's created you to be, you have to work at this. It doesn't come naturally to you. But you've got to choose what we talked about in week number one, to be selfless instead of selfish. Number two, the second thing that jumps out to me from this passage. Jesus is the perfect example of what God's love looks like. Paul tells us to imitate God. How do we imitate God? What does that look like? Paul doesn't just leave it there. He gets more specific in verse number two of chapter number five. He says, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. You see, when we're in any kind of relationship, whether it's dating or not dating, we have to make the decision that we're going to be willing to to sacrifice some of our wants, some of our needs in order to, to put the other person First, that's exactly what Jesus did, right? We're challenged to love by following his example. And Jesus did that by simply his life, his death, and his resurrection. From the gospel accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, time and time again, we see him demonstrate his love. When he healed the sick, right? When he fed the crowds. When he made space for other people who others ignored, right? Right? So whenever we want to look for what true love looks like, we have to look and see what Jesus did. And when we start to live out like Jesus did, at the very end of that verse, you see something interesting. We see God is pleased with us when we love like Jesus, right? Paul describes the result of removing all these evil attitudes and behaviors from our lives. And by being kind and tenderhearted and forgiving and loving people like Jesus, he says, it's a pleasing aroma to God. This is the part where some of you guys will be upset with me. This is the part where some of you guys will be like, yeah, you're right. You see, in every relationship that you're ever going to have, dating relationship there is, there's going to come a moment where you're going to have to make a choice. Is this relationship about what pleases me, what I desire, what I want, or is this relationship about what pleases God, I hope that you choose God, right? I want the very best for you. I know that God's got the best in mind for you, but I'm telling you there's going to come a a, a time in your relationship where you're going to have to ask yourself, does this please God? Am I pleasing myself or am I pleasing God? Which way do I want to go? Because being a teenager right now, the, the hormones that you guys have, the social pressures and the relationships, you add all these things together and it's a recipe for a perfect or for a bad decision, right? I'm not telling you you got to be perfect. What I am telling you that is that you need to be aware of everything that you do. Everything you do in a relationship, you have a choice of who you're going to please. It's hard. It's hard. But here's the thing. 
when you allow God to start shaping you, when you allow God to start really working inside of you, when you start putting your eyes on him and his wants and his desires for you, and you start ignoring what the world tells you that you should be doing, here's what happens. His desires and your desires, they start to line up a whole lot more. But listen, if you're chasing after the things of this world, let me tell you what's not going to happen. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, you know what, like, like I don't want to do this with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't feel like, um, you know, putting myself behind them. I, I, I'd rather put myself in front of them. You see, God, he knows how we are. He knows how sinful we are. And he wants to help us in our relationships. So what do we do with this? How can we get better at this? How can we set ourselves up for success when it comes to dating? How can we become all that we're supposed to be? Number one, surrender your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. This is where loving others with a Jesus-like love truly begins. You have to decide, am I committed to this Jesus thing? Am I committed to, to a God who sent his only son to come down here and die in my place for my sins? And if I am, then I have to make a decision that I'm going to follow him in every part of my life. I can't just flip on a switch when I want to and turn it off in the times where I don't want to follow him. You see, Jesus, to follow Jesus means to, to give him your whole life. To ask him to, to come in and, and change your heart. To take out this dead, concrete, filled, just heart inside of your flesh. And to replace it with a new, caring, loving heart. It's completely different. But it only happens when we accept Jesus to be our Savior, when we accept Jesus to, to really save us from our sins and we turn from those, okay? That changes us. The second thing we can do is we can choose to love like Jesus. We've been talking about this all night, right? Loving others the way Jesus does isn't something that just happens. It's a conscious choice that you have to make daily. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who, forgive or who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Look at that last verse one more time for me. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Throughout the night, you've heard me say the terms tenderheartedness, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I want you to understand when you love like Jesus, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like being, anybody watch football, you're an NFL fan? Do you guys remember when Kansas City played Pittsburgh in the playoffs, what that temperature was? It was like a minus 35, I think, um, like cold. Oh, it's actually Miami. You're right. It was like minus 35 um, was what the, the, the cold front was. or It was just freezing, right? Can you imagine being that cold? You do whatever it takes to be warm at that moment, right? The way he describes this love right here, 
What he says is this. He says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I want you to imagine, like, you've got a heated blanket. And you've got somebody, if you remember this game, like, these guys, there was dozens of guys who came out with frostbite and stuff like that in this game. All they needed was something warm. All they needed was just a break from just all the excess stuff going on around them, right? All that chill and everything else. If they just had something warm to wrap them up, that's how God wants you to love others. That's what his love is like for you. It's that warm blanket that comes upon you and it helps you understand all these things that you're supposed to do. That's how he describes it. Here's the thing. When it comes to this, This is why I told you 6th graders through 10th graders don't need to date yet. Choosing to love like Jesus works best before a dating relationship begins. And here's the thing. For some of you guys right now, you're just trying to figure out who you are. You're just trying to figure out, does anybody care about me? Does anybody love me? Does anybody see me? Jesus does. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He cares about you. He cares about your daily struggles. And here's the thing. You can't be good in a relationship unless you understand how good your God loves you. If not, you're going to keep falling back into all the same old habits that you've always done. But that's not what God wants for you. I wish I would have known this when I was coming up. I wish I would have understood this. I could have saved a lot of girls a lot of heartache. And that's what I'm trying to help you guys with right here. I'm trying to help you understand. When you love like Jesus, it means putting others in front of us. We go back to our three rules here, right? Our three rules when it comes to this. Our goal, relationship goal number one. Be selfless, not selfish. Relationship goal number two, decide who you're going to be. And tonight, love like Jesus. Are these goals easy? No. Not even a little. Are they worth it? Absolutely. Here's the thing. The world's going to tell you, you can do whatever you want with whoever you want, however you want to do it. God's got more specific goals for you. God's got more specific rhymes and reasons for what he wants from you in your dating life. We want to see you succeed. And so my goal in helping you guys with this whole series is this. Talk to your leaders. Come talk to me. You got questions about dating? Man, we want church to be the safest place for you guys to ask any question that you want to ask. We want to point you to Jesus in every part of this. Because I believe Jesus really does have, he cares about what you care about. And if dating is what you care about right now, then he has something to say about it. That's what I've tried to get to you here tonight. And if dating is not what you care about right now, that's okay. I told you, I don't think you should date anyways. God's got a bigger plan for you. Focus in on your relationship with him. Grow in that. Become the person you need to be. And let's see what happens when we launch you on this world. Can I pray for you as I send you to your groups? Hey, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, that 
you've got treasures that, Lord, we don't even understand. And the relationship that, God, you offer us is the greatest treasure we could ever have. And yet we oftentimes find ourselves chasing after other relationships and we find ourselves chasing after other things that, Lord, are just temporary. And so, Father, tonight I pray that, Lord, the students will realize, Lord, what they've been chasing after. And, God, help them see what the real treasure is. Help them see, Lord, what it looks like to really have a good relationship with you. Help them understand what it looks like for them to be walking the right way. To be living this out, God, and help them see that, Lord, they're not in this alone. That they've got peers, that they've got leaders. They've got pastors who care about them here at this church. God, show us what it looks like to, God, have healthy relationships when it comes to dating. But, God, even more so, show us what it looks like to have a good relationship with you first. Make us desire that. Let our hearts thirst for that. God, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If this